that you are enough. And maybe that was my biggest lesson that I've had to learn my entire life was no matter who you are, what you do, what you don't do, everything you've done, haven't done financially, fitness-wise, the way you are, the way you look, you are enough as you are, full stop, period, nothing else to say. And if everybody truly knew that, we would be have so much more love and compassion for ourselves and connection with ourselves, which means we would be able to do that so much more for the people around us. Hey, I'm Megs and welcome to the Free To Be You podcast. I am an identity and alignment coach who is passionate about helping you move into the second chapter of your life as the freest, most self-expressed version of who you really are. If there's one thing I know for sure, it's that when you decide to go on this journey and rediscover you, you are going to need people around you who are going to encourage you to keep moving forward and keep choosing yourself. I have created a free community of women who are doing just that. It's called the Freed to Rediscover You group. It's over on Facebook. The link is in the show notes below this episode. I would love to see you there. I would love to support you on your journey to moving through self-abandonment and into full self-expression. My guest on the show today is Kylie Flynn. Kylie is a good friend of mine and she is an experienced and passionate workplace connection and culture specialist. Sounds fancy and it is as fancy as she is. Helping to bring more of what it means to be human to our workplaces with a decade of expertise in the field. Kylie has made a significant impact helping leaders understand all the ingredients that make up engaged teams and healthy cultures with a strong focus on fostering meaningful connections with the people we work with. With loneliness becoming a global health epidemic, Kylie is helping to break down the barriers of social connection at work, creating a fun 30-day quest for organizations that guide employees to connect with themselves, connect with their teammates, whilst giving back to friends for good, a charity that is helping to combat loneliness in our community. Kylie, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you here. Thanks, Megs. I'm extremely excited to be here, although I'm a bit nervous. <laughs> you don't have to be nervous. How amazing did your bio sound as I read that out? Now, come on. Yeah, I, I was impressed. I'd like to meet that person. So. Right? <laughs> I feel the same way when someone reads out my bio. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's me. I am cool and I do deserve to be here. And you do. I'm really happy to have you here to share your story. So we go uh, a little bit way back now, at least I think we worked out seven years or so that we met. And in that time, our lives have both changed a lot. So what I would really love for you to tell those, our audience who's listening in a little bit about who you are and yeah, just tell us who you are. We'll talk about what you do soon, but who you are is mostly what I want to hear right now. Yeah, and and I have to be careful because I do tend to tie up so much of my identity in my work. So um, I will put that aside for a minute. So um, mama bear of four adult children and grandma with a five-week-old baby now, so that's pretty exciting. So I also, so with my consulting work that I do, I do that and it is a really big part of my life and it is my baby as well. So I, I do nurture and care for that more than the average person, I suppose, too. So, yeah. yeah. 
Amazing. And I know that you're here on the Gold Coast with me, blessed to live in this beautiful part of the world. So we do get to catch up in person, but it's good to get on this call and just jam with you about all things connection. Because over the last few years, I feel like we have really lost connect. We lost connection there for a few years because we couldn't connect in person. And that has become a bit of an epidemic, like we said in your bio. But I know that this is this connection piece is something that you're really passionate about. And I would love for you to tell us why and how you got to where you are now. Yeah. Well, how long do we have, Megs? But um, <laughs> so, yeah, so I, I I would have to take it back to when I was literally a child and I would look at big people, adults, and wonder why they weren't happy. And it sounds like such a cliche, but I would literally, I would observe dynamics between people. I would observe the dynamics between adults. So I, I thought all kids did this, but obviously they didn't. And I'm sh- I'm assuming my childhood and, and things that happened in childhood made me more attuned to the dynamics between people, which, you know, has a, its goods and its bads. But I would, from a very early age, walk into shops walk into uh, retail stores, watch parents, adults, and I would look at how the manager's speaking to an employee and just watch what would happen with what they're doing. And I just assumed every child did that, but they didn't. And, of course, got married really young, had children, and then fast forward and um, jumped to the Gold Coast and started my Bachelor of Business and started my MBA. And I was saying to my change management professor, look, I don't know what it's called, but I just want people at work to be happy. And he sort of rolled his eyes at me and said, you mean a change manager, Kylie? Because that sounds a bit flippant. I went, look, I don't think there's even a name for it yet, but I just want the place where people work to be a, a great place. And he said, and he literally said, you should just go into academia because, you know, you, you're good at that. And I went, nope, it's not. It's not what I want to do. So halfway through my MBA, I literally Googled who were the best in the world at culture. And three weeks later, I'm on a plane uh, visiting Zappos, who were the leaders in the world at culture at that time. Spent time with Zappos, the famous online shoe company who are famous for their culture and customer service. And then their other arm delivering happiness and the statistician Nick Marks. And then it just went on from there. But Initially, it was culture and customer service that I was was doing, but I noticed when I did workshops, the magic for me was watching two human beings, just one question, and if they're in a team or a group and they find out something about that person or they have some sort of connection and this magic happens and the minute we get some, we see someone on a more human level we, we, un- we seem to understand them and connect with them and have more compassion and understanding. That to me was the magic I wanted to explore further. And so I was interested in connection before it was actually a, a thing after COVID. Um, but then I, w- I just thought, no, I, d- I want to focus more on just helping teams connect better. So important. And I mean, not just at work, but every in all of our lives, we need to connect better. And, yeah. and having that awareness around it from such a young age, it is unique. 
Absolutely, 100% unique. We all have those little quirks that we have as children that we don't really think anything of. And it's lovely when you get to see like, ah, like that's a unique part of you and something that you're uniquely passionate about and therefore well-placed to, you know, do something magical with that in the world. So I love that you are. And, and yeah, a unique uh, story as well in terms of like how you uncovered that because you could have just done with what, you know, gone with your professor and gone with what, you know, he was saying you were good at and and exactly like you could just go where you're good, like do what you're good at. But if it's not going to make you happy, then yeah, what's I the know. point? I chose the more difficult road. <laughs> yeah, if someone would have showed me the road ahead and went, well, if you sure you want to choose that road because this is what it will look like. I'm not sure I would have chosen it because it, it hasn't been that easy. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. And what, what has been the most challenging parts of that then? Just always doing things different. So not doing the nine to five job, not something that was comfortable. So just, or, you know, having your own business and having to navigate that for one, but, and, and just always, because a lot of the things, most of the things I do, I'm creating them myself. So I'm creating the programs. I'm writing everything. And, and yeah, so that self-doubt comes in going, oh, look, I don't know about, you know, all of that usual stuff. Mm. So, yeah, that's that's been really challenging for me just to always, and then I feel uncomfortable and I'm like, oh. And then like we were talking about the other day, it's got to the stage now where all that uncomfortable feeling, because this is, it's a challenge. It's something challenging. So your body, your nervous system's going, hey, we're not liking this. Uh, you need to stop. <laughs> and now I'm at the stage where I go, okay, I know these feelings. It's okay. We're just we're just going to keep moving through them. Mm. So, yeah. So how, how did that play out with uh, raising your family, like having your own business, raising your kids? I mean, that's, that's huge to not be, work, you know, obviously still working, but raising your family and having your own business, like were there any specific challenges that you had to overcome there? Yeah, very much so. And um, I'm still, I think, apologising to my kids now because I didn't didn't have emotional awareness. I didn't know how to hold space for their big emotions because I hadn't worked through my own stuff. So the degree to which you can hold space for someone when they're upset or happy or sad is, is the degree to which you've allowed yourself that space. Mm-hmm. And so I, I was very react, reactive to them. I definitely remember that. So uh, doing a degree working and raising four kids after a divorce um, was a challenge to say the least. And I know I made heaps of stuff ups, but um, they're assuring me everything's okay. But um it definitely wasn't wasn't easy, and I, yeah, that there were times there where I'm just like, wow, that it, it's a lot. It is yeah. a lot. So on the other side of that, now yeah. <laughs> you've successfully raised four children that are grown <laughs> up. They're they're getting on. They're even having their own families. So we can we can call that a success, whatever that looked like. And I think we need to recognize that as a success as well, because it's easy to see, look back and see where we could have done things differently, but you obviously did a lot of things right. So let's have that little moment there for just one second and let that land. And on the other side of that now, what are you working on now that you feel sort of um, most in alignment with? 
Um, yeah, we talked about this the other day. So this has been interesting and pretty vulnerable to share as well. So with, with some of my corporate clients, so there's the logical linear approach to projects and it's got to the stage now where I do up a proposal um, and I gave you that example. So just recently we did up a proposal and the logical professional approach was linear approach, you know, needs analysis, start surveying, assess everything before we even begin to look at this project. So I spent all this time doing a proposal, meeting with the leaders. We, we do this, all, but I knew there was a, something scratching at me and I'm going, and I, I ignored it and I'm going, it just feels flat, but well, this is the right thing to do, right? So I actually gave them the proposal, sent it off to them. And then I just went, that's not right you know there's a better approach to this project. But, you know, that professional part of me is going, well, that's what you're supposed to do. And I'm going intuitively, you know there is a better approach. And the next morning I was meditating in bed. I do it every morning. So I get up really early, grab the coffee, back to bed, and I meditate. And then it just starts playing out like a movie screen, which I'm pretty fortunate. I'm really visual. And what I needed to do with that project just played out in front of me like a movie. And then the next thought was, you're going to have to tell them this is the way to go. And I was just like, I can't, there is no way I'm going back on a proposal I've just given these corporate clients. But that part of me just went, this is honouring who you are. If you don't back yourself and know that this is your truth, whether they think it's truth, whether they like it is irrelevant, if you don't back yourself now, when the hell are you going to do it? So I, I quickly wrote it all on a notepad as I do. I have a notepad beside my bed because all this stuff comes up. So I, I went, oh, my gosh. So I literally got the phone. I thought I've got to ring the CEO. i got to tell him. And I'm like, oh, geez. I was so nervous because to, to really back yourself and honour yourself when you know someone else might go, well, I don't think that was the best thing. It was. It felt really risky, and this was a big project. And I, I called him, and to his credit, he's just a beautiful, open, caring leader. Beautiful. And I just, I just said, "You, your organization's been in my meditations." He goes, "Oh, that's interesting." And I said, "I don't think that proposal was the right approach." He goes, "Okay." And I said, "This is what I think is the right approach." I said, "This is what I'm going to do." This I need to do workshop them we need to collaborate and create blah 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 and he just went awesome yes and I just went thank god (laughs) (laughs) yeah so I mean that's not always going to happen that's not always going to happen when you back yourself and the other person says that's great I agree but it was it was good for me just to reaffirm yes keep going keep backing yourself every time even though when everything else is telling you, that's not the right way. Yeah. Mm. And, I mean, that must have felt awesome as well just to step through that, the fear or the anxiety of having that conversation. No matter how it would have turned out, it still you still yeah. would have felt better for having it than having not had when, it gone the other way. Yeah. I may or may not have done a dance afterwards, but I'm not admitting to that. <laughs> you can totally admit. We're all about self-expression here, Kat. All right, so we're good. Go for it. 
Yeah, awesome. You'd be dancing right now. No one can see you. It's just us. <laughs> oh, I love that. And you know what? We need to listen to that voice. And we don't just get it in a work sense. We do also get it in our relationships. We also have it when we're, you know, we're in some sort of, you know, transition between one big thing and another. We we need to t- tune in to that internal feminine intuition that we have within us and we need to learn to listen to it. And it sounds like you've been doing that for a very long time, but that doesn't always come sort of naturally to to us, especially if we don't have any idea what it is we want to do or who we are and why we want it. So is there anything that you've done sort of leading up to now that's really helped you to, apart from meditation, obviously, that's really helped you to get in tune with that? Yeah, um, and everyone's journey is different. I'm the first person to say, yeah, you've just got to do what works for you. Lots of therapy still for me because I just, I can feel when these uncomfortable feelings come up, I want to sit with them all. Like the fear, the happiness, the anger, no matter what's coming up in life with my children, whatever is coming up, I want to sit with it and invite it in, integrate it, whatever I need to do. So that's where I'm at right now. And it's bloody hard because automatically something's uncomfortable or I feel panicky. And the first thing I want to do is get rid of it because it doesn't feel very nice. Um, And so something was actually coming up this morning and I went, let's sit with it. And there's that part of me going, oh, just get rid of it. And I went, let's invite it in, sit with it, sit with all of it, let it all come up. And so, you know, I'm 52 and I sometimes I feel like a newborn still learning these things. The more I learn, the more I realise how little I know. And, and so it feels like just probably in the last six months inviting these really big emotions in that haven't had a voice mm. for a very long time. Yeah. Yeah, that's powerful. Unreal. And, I mean, it gets you more in connection with yourself, which is, I mean, you're all about connecting others, but we also need to get in like and connect with ourselves so that we can show up bigger and take up more space and start to align with those things that we don't even see them. Do you find that? Like this is the other thing. Like if you are so out of touch and so disconnected from that internal voice and from yourself, you don't even see those things cross your path, those opportunities, those moments where you can realign because it's just you're just not there you're just not present yeah very very much so and even though I promote in my work connection it is very hard as a human being to reach out and connect and be open to others if you're in a state of stress if you've been disconnected from the people around you for a while these are you're going to um, be in a threat response so Every, there's so, so many of us in our work and our lives, we are stressed. We Our nervous system is on alert. That is not conducive to connecting and forming communities with one another. But people, a lot of people just aren't aware of this. I did a talk last week in Melbourne and like the latest stats here in Australia, a third of the people in Australia are lonely, around 37% in organisations. That's crazy. Mm. And, and half of never tell anyone because they're too embarrassed that's the stats apart from 
all the health and mental things that come along with that. But my point is we once we're sitting in that for a while, we don't open up and we don't want to connect with people. And so we have to find more ways of helping the, helping those that are shut down and they're not even aware of it they're not, mm. because they're in that state for so long. Like let's dig into that a little bit because I definitely can think of a few people in my life who would fit into that category, not necessarily in a workspace but just personally and perhaps even been there myself. But for someone that's listening who is feeling lonely or resonated with what you just said at a really deep level, what would be some steps or what would you what would be the advice you would say what you'd say to them? If someone feels disconnected or lonely? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the first thing is is reach out. Collectively, we you know, we're biologically wired to belong to a group. It's almost a cliche now. We've heard that everywhere. But we also co-regulate our nervous systems with one another as well. So when I say reach out to someone, for someone that hasn't done that for a while, it can be really difficult. So, you know, you can talk to people like Friends for Good or or the other hotlines that you can just ring just to even voice it out of your mouth that you just wanted to connect with someone is is a start. And even for me, because I'm an ambivert, so I'm extrovert, but then I have to retreat and I don't want to see a soul for a while until I'm ready. But I think there was a point where I was getting, and my kids started calling me a hobbit. They were getting concerned. And I started to get myself in a rut where I wasn't connecting with people. So when you start doing that, there's some brain chemicals that start to get released to protect you. But whilst they're protecting you, they're actually shutting you down so you're not connecting with other people. So it's actually, it's quite a paradox. And so because of what I know, I'm going, okay, I have to put more effort in into seeing friends, like making a real effort to get back out there. And once I did, I could feel the nervous system relaxing and it's a lot easier. But I, I do know what it's like to start to get to that space where, hey, I'm not connecting with the people that I love around me. I need to start doing something. So it doesn't have to be major. And make sure it's with someone that is calm so that they can help regulate your nervous system to go and spend some time with someone that you know can hold that space for you and be calming too. Mm. Just yeah. That's a very yeah. So important. And from that space then, like for us as women, I think we naturally want to nurture others and we naturally connect a lot, but I guess a lot better. Well, actually, do we? Am I generalising here? Thinking that we connect better? Yeah. <clears throat> uh, well, the stats say that men and women want connection equally. So mm. I think there's a, a bit of a, um, a false assumption that women need to connect better, and I, but that's apparently not true. So men and women want connection equally as much. And the stats are also men and women equally lonely. So it's 50-50 about the stats I just said before. So 30% of people are lonely in Australia. Half it's equal, men and women. Interesting. So, um, yeah. Yeah. I think the question that you were asking. (laughs) (laughs) I don't actually know if I had a question, but it's an interesting statistic and I'm happy you've shared it. Where I was going was we are naturally better at nurturing other people as women. We're naturally, we are when we're in that feminine, when we are 
you know, holding space for others, it's something that comes more naturally to women than most men. So because of that, though, what I've found is that we also tend to put ourselves on last. We're not not as, we don't make ourselves as important as looking after everyone around us. And so because of that, we can tend to abandon our sense of self and we can tend to uh, try and be giving from that empty cup. And as a mum as well, that's definitely where we step into this role of being a mum and then you're a business owner on top of that. So definitely like finding time to actually reach out and connect with other people when we're so busy looking after everybody else, that can be difficult. And what I found from what you just said there, and this is where this question is leading, is you said that if you've been lonely for a long time, that it can be more difficult to reach out. But I also feel like if you have abandoned your sense of self and abandoned the things that you want and the things that you need for a long time, that that can also be really challenging to start to rediscover that and what that looks like for you. What do you think about that? Yeah, 100%. So two parts to that. So some women friends I've spoken to who are frustrated and they know they're not happy but when I say to them, so what do you need? What And they can't even answer that question. I said, so you can't tell me what you're desiring or a need that you have within you. And they go, no, I, I no. So that one, that's really sad. Um, and then the other part, and I'm still learning too because societal conditioning, that's, that's what I'm, like it's so embedded and unconscious so we're not aware of it. So last Christmas, I'm trying to be very aware of me as a mother, not doing what my mum and my grandmother did, trying to break the bloody pattern. So at Christmas, I cook, I cook really well. The kids love my cooking. They put their orders in well before Christmas of what we need to eat. And so I said to them, so I'd give them days. I'm happy to cook this day, but tomorrow there's no food. So you'll just use someone else can cook because I want to spend time and enjoy myself with you. And as a woman, it's hard because I watched my mum and my grandmother just cook every single day and clean and cook while everybody else had fun. I'm not doing that. So I'm happy to do it for a certain time. But to, and then I'll go, no, today I'm hanging out with you guys. So you got whatever you need to do. Um, and so the old, that conditioning comes up, go, that's not what women do. And I'm like, it is. Breathe through it you have as much of a right to happiness and enjoyment as anybody else. But for me, there's just so much conditioning um, with that comes with that that I'm yeah. trying to break. Yeah, yeah. And that right there is exactly what I am trying to make an impact on with, with the podcast but with my one of work is because I've been the same, right? For my entire career, I've worked really closely with people and most people do not know a few things. They can't say who they are. They can tell you what they do. They can tell you what they have, but they can't tell you who they are. They can't answer that question, not fully. And if you ask them what they want, they're more than likely going to tell you what they don't want first, and they really yes. can't tell you what they do want. And so those two questions are the two questions that I want to help women answer 
And in particular, for the second chapter of our life, we've just, like we said before, let's just sit with the fact that you have successfully brought up four amazing human beings. I have brought up three and I'm now bringing up some more. Blessed to do so. I have seven children that I have influence over in my life. And that is a success and a blessing in and of itself. But the second chapter of that does not look the same. The second chapter of that doesn't look like them needing you every single moment of the day. They don't need you to drive them around. They don't need you like they did. And that's all we've known how to be. So the second chapter is where we really need to answer that question. We really need to be able to say who we are beyond that or because of that and what do I want now? And if we don't answer that, we are going to sit in the same space that we've been in where we didn't do anything for ourselves, but we're going to be lonely as well because we don't, they're off living their life now. They're moving out, they're having their own children for for yours. I hope mine wait a little longer, but, you know, they're off living their own life and now you have to do something. We don't have to actually, but we can do something with ours. So if you're happy to, let's dig into that a little bit for you. And where do you see yourself sort of moving like with what you're doing? Because I know we've had a little bit of a chat about that before coming on here with your business and with, yeah, with what you're going to do with all the time that you now have. <laughs> all the time. Um, well, yeah, outside so of I, work, right? I mean, we say we have all this time. We're going to fill it up with something. Yeah, the, yeah. I'm flat out having a weekend free. Um, but so this is interesting. I have a grandchild now. So this is new. I didn't even know what that was going to feel like. So my children are a lot older than yours. They're, you know, 30, 32, 31, 29, 25. And so I had children really young. So I think normally grandmothers, once, you know, they're retiring or they're not working as much, whereas I'm still full steam ahead and I'm falling in love with this little five-week-old that is just pure, you know, delight. And I'm like, okay, how's this going to look now? Where are your priorities? Where are your values now? Because you want to spend more time with family because this is a really big time. So this is what I'm navigating and I'm I'm not sure, I'm not even sure how that looks yet because it's all really new. Um, So, yeah, this is a new stage for me, being a mum and a grandma um, but with a full-time business Mm. Um, and I work on the side as well. So it's, it's, yeah, I'm still full steam ahead so I'm not sure, I'm not sure how to balance all of that yet. Yeah. Yeah. And even there, right there, put on the spot like that, with as much of the work that you have done and still do, how hard is it to answer that question? You know what I loved about what you said, though? You mentioned your values. And to me, if you don't have an idea of what those are, it's an even harder question to answer. So I love that you know the things that you value and the things you want to have more of, family being one of them. And you will totally navigate that. You know you've got me if you need help with that. But you will totally navigate that and figure that out. And I think it's so important that we do because otherwise we are just going to fill up our days with stuff 
that really doesn't have a lot of meaning and life is going to pass us by anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I look, the irony was not lost on me the other day. I'm writing a talk on connection and my middle daughter says, hey, Mama Bear, can we um, catch up for dinner and watch a movie? And I said, I'm, I'm busy. I'm actually going to work a bit tonight. She goes, are you writing about connection? And I went, ah, oh, yes, I was. <laughs> she just burst out laughing. And I said, okay, yeah, the irony's not lost on me there. So, yeah, so I've got to stop. I've got to be, and every single thing we've talked about is being present in every moment. Otherwise, I fall back into old patterns. I'm not present and I start to prioritise work. Whereas every time now one of the children calls me, I stop and I go, can whatever you're doing with work wait? Can it really? Like really? And most of the time it can because mm-hmm. I'm never going to get back that lunch that we're having now or the early morning walks with my daughters when they say, Mom, can you start an hour later so we can do a walk with the dog? That's priceless. Isn't it? Um, yeah. So, so I, true. No, I've got too much on, but nothing is is more important than my family. That's my highest value. And yes. yet I contradict myself sometimes. We can. We can totally contradict ourselves for sure. What would be the number one thing that you would want somebody to understand about overcoming that loneliness and connecting more? with themselves and the people around them? Like if you could take sum up what you know and what you do, like what would be the one biggest thing you would want someone to understand about that? That you are enough. And maybe that was my biggest lesson that I've had to learn my entire life was no matter who you are, what you do, what you don't do, everything you've done, haven't done financially, fitness-wise, the way you are, the way you look, you are enough as you are, full stop, period, nothing else to say. And if everybody truly knew that, we would be so much more, have so much more love and compassion for ourselves and connection with ourselves, which means we would be able to do that so much more for the people around us. So I just think this loneliness epidemic, a lot of it still does come. Yes, we're not having communities and connecting like we should, but we are not taught how to be with ourselves fully, love and accept every single part of us. So I just, yeah, I think then I just wish everyone knew that. Just going to let that land for a second. So true. And every one of us has a version of that I'm not enough story. I mean, mine, I'm not good. If you add good in there, that would be mine. I've spent a lifetime overcoming that. And I think that we all have our own version of that. But at the end of the day, it is just that, isn't it? We are enough. And it's a beautiful uh, way to kind of lead into how can people get in touch with you and your business, Happy, Happy Matters, which I love. Love the name. <laughs> and uh yeah, where can we get in touch with you if we wanted to? I was going to change it to happy and sad matters because now that I know, you know, there's a lot of toxic positivity out there. And now that I know all the emotions are valid. And um, so it was anyway, we will leave it at happy matters. So yeah, <laughs> you can reach <laughs> to happy matters or Kylie at happymatters.com. Um, yeah, LinkedIn, Instagram. Beautiful. Yeah. 
and I will book. pop. Yeah, I will pop those down in the, in the show notes so people can get in touch with you. And you've got a couple of um, workshops and your thirty day quest. Uh, what what's your thirty day quest? Just out of I'm going to put the link for that down there as well. Like what what is that one about? Yeah, that's a beautiful thirty days. So so nobody ever put the concept out there. So as human beings, you might go to a retreat. So you might go to a yoga retreat, meditation retreat. But as an organization, organizations have we've been uh, we've been sort of we think we have to organizations have to be on all the time, but they're cyclical as well. They're ebb and flow. So organizations too have to slow down in order to go fast. So the Good to Connect Quest was a way for organizations for thirty days to go inward for thirty days before they come back out into the world again. So every day for 30 days, each individual in the organisation does an activity to get to connect with themselves more. And then the team, we do team building once a week for those 30 days as well. So it goes pretty deep. So um, we've had some really, really beautiful experiences and tears of happiness and sadness and lots of things come up, but it is it is 30 days of connection, both self and for the team. So, yeah, very powerful. I love yeah. that. Beautiful. I'll put that definitely, put that link down there as well. Thank you so much for coming and jamming with me about all things connection and being a mum and all the things. It's been amazing. It's <laughs> awesome. Lots of questions on the spot today, that's for sure. Yeah, well, you got a lot, but you know what? Like it's all about listening to ourselves, seeing what comes up, leaning into it. And you did that beautifully, by the way. Uh, and yeah, I mean, you know, you know, I love what you do. I We always have a good laugh when we get together and uh, hopefully we can do that soon. And for everyone that is listening, I would just like to leave you with one final thought. I say this at the end of every show, and that is that this is not a dress rehearsal. This is your life. You are here to experience all the things that you desire. You are here to be the fullest expression of who you really are. And now is the time to do it. There's no better time. So I want to give you that permission to step into discovering what that is for you. If you would like to subscribe to the podcast and listen to more of the amazing guests I have coming up I would love for you to do that if you feel that someone who has someone in your life would resonate with what we've shared today I would love for you to share this episode with them and in the meantime have an amazing week and I will see you next week on the free to be podcast with another amazing guest